Today on the Matt Wall Show, Democrat governors are now telling people how many of their own family members they're allowed to have in their own homes for Thanksgiving and in general. Somehow the COVID restrictions keep getting even more onerous and unconstitutional, not less. We're trending in the wrong direction here. Also, five headlines, including the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, drafting legislation that will offer legal protections to people who shoot rioters and looters in self-defense. Should we start the Ron DeSantis 2024 chance now? And in our daily cancellation, I will cancel The Rock. I'll explain what he has done to incur my wrath. All of that and more. But first, a word from our very good friends over at Paint Your Life. You know, holidays are around the corner, and um, it, it's really important when you go in to Christmas, you want to make sure that you have a gift that you're confident in. Uh, and a family portrait from from Paint Your Life, you know that's you know you know you're gonna nail it with that. Well, let's say you're giving that to your to your mother for Christmas, and all your siblings are sitting around there, you know, giving the gifts, and she's opening them, and you just know you have the best gift out of anybody, uh, and so that gives you peace of mind as well. If you want a, a truly meaningful gift, you've got to try PaintYourLife.com. Uh, you get a professional hand painted portrait created from any photo at a truly affordable price. You can send a picture, whether it's uh, of yourself. Uh, maybe don't give a portrait of yourself to someone as a gift, I don't know, but children, family, special place, a cherished pet, whatever it is. Uh, or you can combine photos into one portrait, so they can, you can kind of customize it that way as well. With Paint Your Life's compilation portraits, you can bring together family members who never had a chance to meet, so that can be a very special thing. Or you can create a portrait of the whole family without the need for everyone to be there for a family photo. You can choose from a team of world-class artists and uh, work with them until every detail is perfect. I've done this myself, and I can tell you that um, this, that part really, the whole thing impressed me, the final product impressed me, but I was also impressed with how sort of hands-on they were, and they were asking for my feedback the whole time and I was giving it, and it just turned out fantastic, and we're very happy with it. We got a portrait of our children right in our living room. Uh, great conversation piece. At paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed, and right now is a limited time offer. Get 20% off your painting. That's 20% off and free shipping. Very important. So get to get this special, text the word Matt to 64,000. That's Matt to 64,000. Text Matt, M-A-T-T, -T, to 64,000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Well, Governor Andrew Cuomo this week took a break from his book tour to do his favorite thing, which is issue new coronavirus restrictions. Cuomo, who always has the aura of a man deeply and unjustifiably impressed with himself, announced a number of new or rehashed rules ostensibly aimed at reducing the spread of the virus. Among them is a curfew instructing bars and restaurants to close by 10 p.m. Now, we should note that curfews make a lot of sense in combating COVID because the virus has long been known to be nocturnal. It emerges from its lair, once darkness has set in, begins to feast on the flesh of the living. I'm sorry, never mind. I'm thinking of the zombies from I Am Legend. Um, curfews would make a lot of sense if that was the crisis we confront. Considering that the issue is a virus, I'm not sure how closing at 10 p.m. as opposed to 9 p.m. or 11 p.m. or 12 a.m. or 1.30 is supposed to offer any protection. Now, curfews may be arbitrary and relatively onerous, especially for bars, but they're nothing compared to the other major restriction that was announced. The state of New York will limit private gatherings at personal residences to 10 people. Now, they're not the first to take this step. Connecticut and California have similar measures in place. Ohio is threatening to do the same. What was once unthinkable and would have seemed absurd to anyone with the foresight to predict it 
if anyone had the foresight to predict it back when the government was still telling fables about 15 days to slow the spread, this has now become our dystopian reality. Agents of the state have assumed the power to tell you how many of your own family members you can have in your own home. There, there are so many problems with this that it's hard to know where to begin. Starting with less important sort of logistical matters, like how does it make sense to put a hard and fast cap on the number of people allowed in a category of building as varied as personal residence? This means that the cap for a person who lives in a stuffy 400 square foot studio apartment with three windows in the whole place is the same as the cap for a person who lives in a 5,000 square foot, five bedroom, well-ventilated home. Now, the former couldn't safely fit 10 people even without a pandemic, and the latter could easily fit multiples of 10 without much trouble. Now, you might argue that it's not feasible to come up with a customized scale of restrictions based on the square footage and ventilation in every particular home. I would respond that if a sensible, coherent, and fair law is not feasible, then there should be no law at all. Well, we can't figure out a way to do this effectively and reasonably, so we'll just do it ineffectively and unreasonably. Better than nothing. No, it's not better than nothing. It is significantly worse than nothing, in fact. And how would any of this be enforced? Will local sheriffs do random house checks on Thanksgiving? Is Uncle Ned going to get tossed out in the cold by one of Cuomo's henchmen if he's the 11th person to show up to dinner? Maybe law enforcement will, will, will check to see how many cars are in your driveway and more than four cars will provide reasonable suspicion that you invited too many cousins over for dinner. Then they'll break down your door, start hauling people away in cuffs. I mean, really, how is it going to be enforced? Or will they not enforce it? If it's impossible to even imagine how a certain law could be enforced without committing farcically absurd civil liberties violations, that's a good indication that the law should not exist. And if the intention is to not enforce it, then the law should not be a law, but a suggestion or a guideline, which people can and hopefully will simply ignore. But aside from these questions of logistics and efficacy, there's another question that we have apparently stopped asking, as if it's some sort of irrelevant detail, when really it's the most important detail. And that question is this, who says the government has the authority to do this in the first place? Where does Cuomo or the governor of Connecticut or California or anywhere else derive the authority to tell citizens how many family members they can have in their own homes? What gives him the power, the right? The answer, of course, is that he derives the authority from his own imagination. And though he has no moral or legal authority or right to do what he's doing, what gives him the power is the simple fact that he has it. I'm doing this because I can, seems to be the legal argument from these despotic governors. In fact, I posed this question on Twitter about, you know, where does he get the power to do this? A number of people answered scoffingly that, well, of course he has the right to do it. He's the governor. What they don't understand, and I can hardly blame them for not understanding, if they woke up from a coma in March and have been observing how government works only since then, is that governors, though they have the power to sign laws, are also supposed to be subject to them. We don't call him Emperor Cuomo or Sultan as much as he might like us to. He's a governor and a citizen, just like you and me. Or at least that's how it's supposed to work. Of course, the primary source of power for petty dictators like Cuomo is the acquiescence and credulity of the populations they govern. 
Which brings me to my final point. And I want to be very clear about this and phrase it in a way that will, will be sure to be understood. If you support the government telling, how many, telling people how many of their own family members they are permitted to have in their own homes, you are a fool and a bad American and a disgrace to your ancestors who came here for freedom and would be in despair if they knew that their own progeny would piss all over their sacrifices the way that you are. And I am embarrassed to share a country with a craven imbecile such as yourself. I hope that was clear enough. There are a number of understandable and acceptable answers to a government official who tries to tell you how many people you can have in your house. Most of those answers would come in the form of expletives that I cannot repeat. But all of them would come down to the words, no, and go to hell. But if you respond by saying, yes, Lord, whatever you say, my king, then you are simply, as I said, very bad at being American. And I wish you weren't American. Because people like you are ripping this country to shreds and ruining everything that once made it great and beautiful. This is all especially the case now um, because these same states put their lockdown rules on hold as recently as five days ago so that Democrats could dance in the street. Yet again, the mayor of D.C. broke her own travel restrictions a couple days ago so that she could go pop champagne with Biden in Delaware. And she defended it as essential travel. This is how it's gone all along. These mayors and governors impose restrictions, exempt themselves, and exempt anyone who gathers for politically favorable reasons in their minds. As they try to force you to cancel your grandmother's Thanksgiving invitation, they have and will continue to allow mass rioting and protests as long as the rioters and protesters are Democrats, which, by the way, rioters always are. How much of a credulous, brain-dead, simpleton sheep do you have to be to still go along with this? to still believe the justifications that are given, to still respect the authority of the people passing these rules. So it's time to wake up. It's long past time. But if this is finally your awakening moment, well, better late than never, I guess. Let's get to our five headlines. This is from the Daily Wire, says uh, Rep uh, Representative Rashida Tlaib rejected calls from within her party to curb progressive sloganeering, such as defund the police, asserting that such calls amounted to silencing her and her voters. Um, Tlaib pushed back against the calls to moderate in an interview with Politico on Tuesday. Moderates in the party have blamed poor results in a number of close races on extreme stances of many prominent Democrats like Tlaib and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, and she says, this, this, is, this is the quote I wanted to get to. She says, we are not interested, this is Tlaib, we're not interested in unity that asks people to sacrifice their freedom and their rights any longer. And if we truly want to unify our country, we have to really respect every single voice. We say that, we say that uh, so willingly when we talk about Trump supporters, but we don't say that willingly for my black and brown neighbors and from LGBTQ neighbors or marginalized people. Okay, she, she, she towards the end there, of course, she's getting into nonsense, but um, I agree, actually, with the first part of what she said. We're not interested in unity that asks people to sacrifice their freedom and their rights. Um, I, I would also add to that, I, I, speaking for myself, I'm not interested in that kind of unity either. I'm also not interested in unity that requires people to sacrifice their convictions and their beliefs and their principles and values. 
uh, to include, you know, their religious convictions, because that's that's the kind of unity that the Democrats want. That's the kind of unity that Rashida Tlaib wants. So yeah, uh, a unity that requires people to give up these essential aspects of themselves and of being an American, that is not a unity that I want. It's not a unity that she wants. It's just that the problem is, you know, she considers, it, it, it's, we, have a, we also have a, a very fundamental difference in opinion on what a right and a freedom actually is. So she believes, for example, that, of course, parents have the God-given, or not parents, sorry, mothers specifically, have the God-given right to murder their offspring. That's what she believes. Um, and that's another reason why there can't be unity. Because we, we can't even agree on what a right is, on what a freedom is. You put, I, I say this all the time, you put 100 Americans into a room and you do a poll and you ask them, you know, what, what are our most basic and fundamental rights? You, you're not even going to get like a, you, you certainly will not get above a 50% agreement on that. And that's why there can't be unity. I mean, we're not even... I don't feel like I'm living in the same universe as a person who thinks that a mother has a God-given right to murder her offspring, as opposed to a God-given mandate to care for her offspring. I also don't feel like I'm in a universe with uh, the same universe with someone who, who thinks that, you know, a mother can also be a biological male, by the way. Number two, the undisputed queen of cringe uh, and also a horrible mayor and bad person in general, Lori Lightfoot of Chicago, has put out another propaganda video. This one is a, we do a cringe challenge, you know, we do cringe challenges sometimes. Well, tell me if you, tell me if you can actually manage to watch this entire thing without averting your eyes. I'm guessing you can't make it through the first three seconds. Now, I'll tell you, the first three seconds are by far the toughest. For, for three seconds, this is Olympic-level cringe challenge type of stuff. Um, but if you can make it through the first three, then it gets a little bit easier. Here it is. Oh. Oh. Thank God. Science is back, baby. And the earth is round, not flat. Washing your hands does work. Social distancing does matter. And wearing a face covering does help protect all of us. I do love science. Yeah, that was difficult. That was uh, that was tough. I feel like we've been through an, or, an ordeal together watching that. Um, but we're stronger now. We, we have a bond because we've all been in the trenches having to watch that, being exposed to that. So I thank uh, Lori Lightfoot for that, if nothing else. But she says science is back. Science is back. I mean, is it really? You know, I go back to the issue of pregnant men. Is that part, if science is back, are we still doing that? Number three, Joe Biden tweeted this. Tell me if you can decipher this, because I'm, I'm trying to make sense of it. Uh, this was a couple days ago. He said, when I'm speaking to foreign leaders, I'm telling them America is going to be back. We're going to be back in the game. 
I don't know what that means. I, I have to tell you, I have no idea what the hell that means. Like, I, I hope he isn't actually saying that to world leaders. I really hope. I hope Biden isn't calling up the prime minister of Japan and saying, hey, listen, we're back in a game. What? You're what? I don't understand what you mean. The game. We're back in it. All right. Talk to you later. Now, I'm actually being generous by saying that this is just nonsense. You know, this is nonsense from uh, a person with the, an enfeebled mind. The other way to look at it is that Joe Biden, and this, this unfortunately, I think is probably the reality here, is that Joe Biden, when he says game, what he means is American interventionism overseas. That's the game to him. Because that is one game that we haven't been in as much under Trump. Now, we have been in it. But we haven't been nearly as focused on that, quote unquote, game under Trump. And that's a game I don't want to go back to. I don't know about you. Mainly because it's not a game. The, the, these, are, these are actual lives that are being destroyed. And actual billions and trillions of dollars that are being wasted. Uh, and real wars that are being fought often for no reason. So I don't consider it a game. Joe Biden does. And that, th this, of course, is, is one thing that, I mean, look, you go back to the Bush administration and ending foreign interventionism and the, these uh, absurd attempts to spread democracy, this was like the, the number one priority of the Democrat left. This is the main thing they talked about. Probably their, their, their number one goal. And Donald Trump has done more in that vein, to that end, than any president in the last several decades, at least. And of course, he gets no credit for it from them. Number four, uh, this is again from the Daily Wire. It says, Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has reportedly drafted anti-mob legislation that would expand the state's stand-your-ground law to allow armed citizens uh, to defend themselves against violent rioters and looters says, written after violent rioters caused billions of dollars of damage to America's cities over the summer, the proposal would expand the list of, of, um, of Florida's uh, uh, self-defense laws to justify the use of force against rioters who engage in looting or arson that, quote, results in the interruption or impairment of a business operation. Says, the draft legislation puts specifics behind DeSantis's pledge in September to crack down on violent and disorderly assemblies. Other key elements of DeSantis's proposal would enhance criminal penalties for people involved in violent or disorderly assemblies, make it a third-degree felony to block traffic during a protest, offer immunity to drivers who claim to have unintentionally killed or injured protesters who block traffic, and withhold state funds from local governments that cut law enforcement budgets. The draft obtained by the Miami Herald has not yet been filed as an official bill in the Florida House or Senate. Um, I mean, this is, this is actually great. And... But the question we should be asking is all the other Republican governors around the country, why aren't you drafting legislation just like this? This is what needs to happen. People need to be offered protection. I mean, finally, for once, we're going to offer protections to the, the actual victims of these riots and, um, and these looters. So this, this is great from Ron DeSantis. And this is why I, look, I... People ask me all the time, um, who, who, who would I like to see in 2024? Like the Republican Party going forward, who would I like to see be the leader of the Republican Party? 
Uh, is, is there anyone that, I, that, I'm, that I'm looking at for the future, 2024, as a presidential candidate? The, the fact is, I hate 99% of politicians, and I'm lukewarm, and Republican and Democrat. I, I spread the hate around. So I'm very, you know, I'm very tolerant in that way. Um, so I hate 99% of politicians. The other 1%, I'm very lukewarm on with, with a few, a few exceptions. And I would say Ron DeSantis is certainly one of the very few exceptions. I would be, yeah, I say the chance for, for DeSantis 2024 should, uh, should start now. And he's done a brilliant job in Florida. And this is the kind of thing that most Republicans wouldn't have the guts to get behind, but he does. So Ron DeSantis, I think he joins the list, the very, very small list of Republicans that uh, there's reason to be excited about. Number five, finally, major controversy stemming from an episode, a recent episode of the show, The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. Uh, that's the Star Wars show, by the way, because there were, you know, there were a couple of decent Star Wars movies 40 years ago, which means we have to keep having Star Wars movies over and over forever. Uh, but this controversy is based on a highly offensive scene involving Baby Yoda. The New York Post reports, in the latest episode of The Mandalorian, the character dubbed Baby Yoda caused a Death Star-level commotion among fans when the little green sensation tried to eat the eggs of a new alien character. Baby Yoda, whose real name is The Child, is... So is he not really Baby Yoda? Is Baby Yoda not actually Yoda as a baby? I don't know. I don't watch the show. Uh, he's uh, tasked with shuttling a character and her eggs to a new planet before they die. However, several times during the episode, Baby Yoda is caught either trying to steal or eating one of the eggs. This attempt at a running gag drew the ire of many fans who saw this as vilifying Baby Yoda. Uh, one viewer said, I'm a mom. It's not funny at all to hear Mama Frog Lady go into great detail about how important and beloved her eggs are to her and have to watch them get eaten on three separate occasions just for giggles. Can't just one mom get to survive and keep her kids? Someone else says, for the record, the frog lady was very adamant about the fact that her eggs were important to her and that it was her last and only chance to have kids. So it's actually closer to effing up someone's in vitro fertilization, which would be incredibly upsetting for a wannabe mom. It's not funny. So this is an alien frog creature in a Star Wars movie. Eggs being eaten by Baby Yoda. Now, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure this is one of those tried and true instances of the media creating a quote-unquote controversy out of a handful of tweets from random people expressing a dumb opinion about something. Um, but even so, to the extent that people are upset about this, and maybe I'm just being optimistic and hopeful that this isn't a real thing. You know, there's just like just a couple, and the media does this all the time. You, a couple of people say something dumb on Twitter and they turn it into a headline. But even so, to the extent that people are upset about this, I have to say that it, it's sad that there would be any outrage at all over the death of a fictional alien fetus in a country where actual human children are legally murdered by the millions. But this is the thing. The fake frog lady in Star Wars and her babies. That, that's what we're worried about. Great. Makes a lot of sense. All right, we're going to get to our daily cancellation in just a second. Uh, before we do, you know, it's, I, I think, a, an important part of having, uh, you know, to going out and, and being confident in your outfit and what you're wearing is having a good quality watch. Vincero, uh, they've been with the show for a long time. Uh, Vincero is dedicated to the craft and they put time and effort into crafting timepieces so, so that you can wear them 
day in and day out, and they're gonna, you know, it's high quality, so they're not gonna break, they're not gonna get damaged. After a year of wearing this watch, you know, it's, it still feels great to me. Uh, looks great. I love wearing the watches. I've got, I've got a bunch of them, in fact. And um, trust me, I talk about this brand often because I believe in the products they make. You can head over to vincerowatches.com/walsh. Don't hesitate because right now they have a site-wide sale up to 15% off anything on their site. And th this sale's not going to last forever. You want to go at least go check it out and see these watches. I know you're going to find one that you love. Plus, they make the perfect gift, especially with the holidays coming up and you're thinking about what kind of gifts you want to buy. Well, here's one. With Vincero, there's no brand name markup. Uh, there's no big time price tags. Their promise to you is very simple. It's solid, well-made products that you will enjoy wearing, you'll look great wearing. My listeners uh, have been the hero for Vincero this year. Seriously, the guys at Vincero have told me that uh, they're extremely grateful for all of your support. And uh, I know I, I get emails and messages from people who've also gone to Vincero and love it. And you know, the one thing I like about Vincero is that the, the watches are affordable but not cheap. And there's definitely a difference between those two things. And anyone who's had a cheap watch knows the difference. These are affordable, but they're very well-made watches. So continue to support this brand as they continue to support The Matt Walsh Show. That means going to vincerowatches.com forward slash Walsh. That's V-I-N-C-E-R-O watches.com forward slash Walsh to take advantage of this sale opportunity and get one of my go-to watches at such a great price. Like I said, these are timepieces you will enjoy wearing every single day. If you don't, Vincero will make it right. So go to vincerowatches.com forward slash Walsh. 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 There we go. Walsh and watch. A little difficult for me anyway. Um, one other thing to note before we get to our daily cancellation, you know, if you've if you've been disgusted by the legacy media, um, I'm, I'm sure you've already been disgusted with them. But if you weren't somehow before, I'm sure you are now. The media has preemptively, of course, called the election in favor of Joe Biden, and they're further further claiming that Trump is undermining elections by not conceding, even though, of course, we 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 of course we know that Democrats spent the last four years essentially not conceding by saying that Trump stole the election, illegitimate president, so on and so forth. Not only that, the media has already shifted from demonizing President Trump and his supporters to flattering Biden and Harris before they've even taken office. They're talking about, I'm seeing all these stories now about Joe's dogs, give me a break, uh, Jill Biden, and, and also the, um, what, what, what are you going to call him? The, the husband of Kamala Harris is going to be, what is he? The, the second gentleman, I think is it? So there was a, there's been a lot of stories about that, the switching of gender roles. and Isn't this very exciting? Um, well, if you're sick of all of that, then replace your cable and your news subscriptions with The Daily Wire. We have big plans for the next four years, and it starts today. Candace Owens, New York Times bestselling author, founder of the Blexit Foundation, is joining The Daily Wire. We're all excited about that. She'll be launching a brand new show um, early next year. She's also going to be writing for the site as well. We're going to be launching many other things, entertainment channel, investigative journalism, uh, building partnerships with like-minded creators, PragerU. By the end of the year, we're going to have all the PragerU videos on our site. And right now, just to show you we're serious, we're offering 25% off all memberships with code ELECTION over at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Mem members get our articles ad-free, access to all of our live shows, full three hours of the Ben Shapiro Show. If you become, if you become an all-access member, you also get to take part in our all-access uh, discussions, which, by the way, I'll be doing one of those later on today. So remember... 25% off all memberships with code ELECTION over at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Replace the legacy media with Daily Wire. Trust me, you won't regret it. Okay, now time for our daily cancellation. Okay, today I'm canceling The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. He is canceled for various high crimes and misdemeanors committed in this Instagram video, which he posted this week uh, from his weight room. 
In case you guys didn't know that The Rock likes to lift weights, he made sure to record the video in his weight room to remind you. So here's what he had to say. We have had the biggest voter turnout in the history of the United States. And, you know, that is such a big deal because, you know, it tells me, number one, we were unified on that day. And just in terms of everybody coming together, every, everybody uh, coming out to vote, uh, mailing in your ballots, doing everything you possibly can, exercising the democratic right to vote, which was a beautiful thing. But it also tells me that this is the most engaged our country has ever been in the history, again, of the United States. So for the fact that we can come together and be this engaged um, and be unified on the day of voting. Now, we may, of course, we voted for different people, but that's okay. We still came out and we voted. Uh, I wanted to shoot this yesterday uh, when the news broke, but um, but I, I got a little emotional. Uh, admittedly so, I got a little emotional uh, yesterday. Manly tears, of course. I may have cried a tear or two or ten, uh, but they were all very manly. All my tears are manly. Um, but the reason why I got emotional yesterday was, was, was because of what I felt my vote represented. And I was talking to Lauren, my wife, we were talking about our two little baby girls, and, and that's exactly what my vote represented. My vote represented my little daughters. My vote represented humanity. My vote represented decency. Uh, it represented the values and the principles uh, of which we, we, we teach our little girls. And my vote also, for me, represented the importance of just being a good, decent human being. Okay, so a lot of problems here. First of all, um, this stuff about how we should be so proud and happy that all these people voted. I've already made my opinion on that known. I, I, I don't see anything especially praiseworthy or laudable or desirable about the simple act of voting. The fact that lots of people do it is not something to be celebrated in and of itself. And if they're voting for a literal dementia patient, then that's even more reason to refrain from giving a standing ovation. Then he says, uh, we voted for decency, whatever that means. I'm still waiting for evidence of this mythical decency from Joe Biden. But none of that is the point. The real problem is that The Rock says he cried manly tears over the election results. No, those tears were not manly, The Rock. Uh, the term manly tears is, in almost all cases, a contradiction, a non sequitur. It's self-refuting. There are precisely six exceptions to this rule, six times when a man may cry. We've already gone over this, I think, a couple times. Somehow The Rock didn't get the memo, so we'll go over it again. Here are the acceptable opportunities for a man to cry. These are the only six. Number one. Death of an immediate family member. Pretty self-explanatory. It has to be immediate family member. Number two, you get your arm stuck in a wood chipper. I'm going to allow the shedding of eight to nine manly tears in that circumstance. Don't overdo it, though. Don't abuse the privilege. Don't milk it, okay? Number three, uh, the piece of sporting equipment that you bonded with while stuck on a desert island for three years drifted away while you tried to row a makeshift raft to safety. Um, for this, I think Tom Hanks provides an acceptable model. He, of course, had a full-on breakdown, sobbing, screaming, the whole enchilada. But it was okay because he had developed a familial bond with the volleyball. In this case, it really falls under number one, the death of a family member. Number four, your firstborn son is awarded the Medal of Honor or the Heisman. This is a time of tears of pride. But note where I stipulate firstborn. It has to be your firstborn. Because if your second son gets it after your firstborn son, it's going to be old news at that point. And you're going to kind of be annoyed. You're going to say, hey, get your own thing. Live your own life, all right? On the other hand, if your second achieves those honors, but your first son didn't, 
Your pride will be stained by the bitter embarrassment of your oldest son being such a disappointment by comparison. I mean, your younger son is a war hero, and your oldest son, who you had such high hopes for, is like working at Chipotle. This disparity, I think, will ruin the moment, at least a little bit. Number five, you're trying to get out of a speeding ticket. This is controversial. I'm going to allow tears here. It's never worked for me, I should warn you, and I have tried. But whatever, whatever you have to do, if it works, it works by any means necessary. If you can cry your way out of an IRS audit, too, then more power to you. I'll allow that as well. Six, finally, a, a, a brief moment of crying will be allowed upon the completion of a long and arduous journey to a long-sought destination. So say if you're a 16th century explorer sailing to the new world, a future astronaut reaching a new planet, or if you're me when I walk through three terminals in Atlanta to get to the one restaurant in the whole airport with decent tacos. Any of those scenarios or something similar will constitute an appropriate excuse to cry. However, you will notice that your favorite politician winning an election is not on the list. And I feel like I should also mention that running out of steroids is also not on the list. I'm not saying that would be relevant to The Rock. I'm just mentioning it for no reason. Just throwing that in there. So, uh, The Rock is canceled, along with any men who cry for invalid reasons. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, and our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. Joe Biden's COVID advisor wants us all to lock down for just four to six weeks to revive America. This all 241 days after we were told 15 days to slow the spread. We're getting a recount in Georgia. We're getting more ballots being counted in Arizona. And America's worst enemies around the world are parroting Democrat talking points. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. Michael Knowles Show.